0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It's another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, my guest is Marty Smith, or better known as DJ Marty McFly to her friends. She is a unit control operator, a local union vice president, and an inclusion champion here at Consumers Energy. That's a lot of hats to wear. So, Marty, if you'd introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started.
1: Yeah, I'm Marty Smith, and I've actually been with the company for 20 years. Started out as a meter reader. I did that for a couple of years, then transferred over to uh, the Campbell plant where I was in maintenance for a year and then operations the rest of my time. And now I, I got chosen to be uh, an inclusion champion.
0: So let's talk a little bit about working in the plant. Is this something you always wanted to do? Do you have a background in... You know, mechanics, you have an engineering degree. How did you end up being a unit control operator?
1: No, actually, before I came to consumers, I was in the restaurant business. I was a chef, usually a sous chef, which was second in charge. So I've always boiled water. Just going to the plant, I boil more water.
0: So the concepts are essentially the same.
1: Yeah, just different equipment.
0: (laughs) I'm assuming you don't have to bring knives to this job.
1: No, no, they, they prefer I don't.
0: <laughs> well, well that's good. I, I you know I like that because I was trying to make that connection between chef and uh, unit control operator. So it just has to do with boiling a larger amount of water. So thank you <laughs> for that clarification. No problem. So you did mention being an inclusion champion and for the audience, what 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 does an inclusion champion do? What's your job?
1: We're trying to get to the people closest to the work and just trying to explain what the DE&I strategy is, and hopefully educating some people on what DE&I is, and trying to make, I guess, essentially make people more comfortable with the DE&I and having those difficult discussions.
0: So I know before I uh, sat in on some of the work that that your team does, and now we do a lot of stuff together, especially around new employee orientation, you know, I think one of the things that I thought of when I heard diversity, I always think of black and white, and that's not necessarily the case. So you could, could you talk to me a little bit about what that means?
1: When people hear the word diversity, a lot of people go to either race and or gender, and it kind of stops there. But it's, it's so much more than that. Everybody is diverse in their own way. It could be I'm diverse because I have blue eyes and I'm left-handed. You know, um, I could be diverse in my education level and even what I do for a living. You know, all those things make me diverse. You know, my marital status, what I like to do outside of work. All those things factor into your own diversity. Everybody is diverse in their own way. It's not just race. It's not just gender.
0: Well, and when we talk about diversity and bringing diversity to decision-making or bringing diversity to teams, uh, I think if I'm hearing you right, it's all of those things that make decision-making different, right? Even if the diversity that I bring to the table is am blue-eyed and left-handed, like you alluded to, that changes how I see and do things, which Mm -hmm. may change how that decision gets made in that committee or, or on that team. So I can see where having true diversity on a team and within the company can really help us be a better company. I mean, are there benefits to having, you know, real diversity?
1: Oh yeah. Say you and I were looking at the same problem, you know, we're looking at the same exact problem, but we're coming at it from completely different perspectives. So I think some people call it like thinking outside of the box, you know, but to have those different viewpoints, I think, just helps you get a better answer to your problem.
0: So diversity is almost like not even having a box to be outside of. Right. You know, you have a you have a diverse background, if you think about it, because you were a chef, and then uh, you were a meter reader, and then you came into the plants and did some other things there, eventually ending up as a unit control operator. What drew you to inclusion champion? Because I can see where uh, chef and working in the plants is very different but somewhat the same. And it seems like maybe being an inclusion champion is really different from working in the plant. So what drew you to that particular job?
1: DE and I, I think I kind of live it every day. I've always wanted things to be fair for people Um, being female. You sometimes have some hurdles being gay. I have some hurdles with that, but I guess I want people to understand that different isn't bad. That different is okay. You know, and, the inclusion part is is important because the more you feel you belong the more you're going to speak up for things the more you're going to enjoy coming to work you know and i know what it feels like to not feel like you belong sometimes
0: well and that's interesting to me because uh, you know i look back on my 27 years here now well wow. i've been here a little while i never felt excluded but if i look back I can think of times where I know that other people were excluded for many of the reasons that you just mentioned and I have to imagine that uh, things have changed because of the because of your efforts but I think we may have a a long way to go because I I think I envision a, a time where we talk about people as our friends but not people as our black friends or our gay friends or or we have that added name that we put to somebody that describes them. They're just our friends because we appreciate their company or like being around them. You know, how, so how was it for you as a, a, a gay woman to grow up? And what was that like for you as a, as a kid? And then, you know, uh, coming in, into work and, and all of that, I'd love to hear about it.
1: As a kid, you know, I always knew I was different, but I didn't necessarily have a word for it until I was like 17, 18. And then I realized, Oh, I'm gay. So then that was a realization, and then people telling you, well, you know, you don't want people to know that because you can get fired for that. And so I kind of started living in the proverbial closet, but then I had an incident happen where I got chased by some people that, you know, wanted to do me some severe bodily harm. And that incident actually made me angry. And so at that point, I was kind of like, well, you know what i don't care if people know I and mean, if you want to try and fire me for it go ahead because i think i can stand on my work ethic alone anyway
0: so out of this incident so i want to talk about this for just a second because you know i've had people want to do me bodily harm but it had nothing to do with the fact that i'm a straight white male i'll just tell you that right now it sounds to me like this incident that you're talking about had to do with the fact that you're a gay woman and that's why they wanted to harm you and i i understand getting mad I I really do, but it sounds to me like you turned that into something else. I mean, you could have just turned into an angry lesbian and been mad at everyone, but instead, what I heard you say was that you actually use that as a platform to tell people, to let people know who you are.
1: Yeah, it was like, okay, yes, this is who I am. You can either accept it or not. You know, that's totally up to you. You know. I prefer if you don't like me, you don't like me because of my personality, because you actually got to know me and not just because you heard I was gay. I guess I, I'm i one to challenge rules sometimes.
0: And that's a good thing because uh, without that challenge, we don't get the change. Maybe sometimes that we are, are looking for uh, in the world around us at work and wherever. So when you finally kind of took your stand and said, this is who I am, what was your experience like? I mean, did you have friends that supported you? Did you have friends that didn't support you? A lot of people
1: kind of supported me in their own way. It was, I didn't come out to my parents right away. Um, I did <laughs> kind of hide it from them for a little bit until I kind of, in a way, adopted myself another family because I figured once my parents found out, I would be disowned. Once I kind of had that family in I kind of, I say kind of pulled them, because uh, my parents have been divorced since I was real little, so I had to kind of come out twice. And so the well, first time was to my dad, and it, it was kind of, he kept pestering me where I was going, where I was going, and finally I just was, if you really want to know where I'm going, I'm going to a gay bar, I'm gay. And he's like, okay. Like Great. I got to go. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you sort of just kind of came like, this wasn't a planned event. It sounds no. like you just came out to him and yes. then said, deal with it. And then, and then left. Did you get back together at some point though and have a conversation and work this yeah. out?
1: Like the next night we sat down and talked and it, for a few nights after that, when I would come home from work because I was living at his house at the time, uh, I would come home from work and he'd be, come on, let's talk. I'm like, oh, okay. And, he you know, he asked me questions like, was it something your mother did? No. "Is it something I did? No. I was born this way. This is how I came out. But once I did kind of, you know, come out to him, then I realized I'd have to come out to my mom, too. So I did that a couple of days later. <laughs> that was an interesting experience because I don't know if you remember the show Northern Exposure.
0: Oh, yes. With the booze walking down the street. Right. You
1: you remember the episode of how the town was founded?
0: Honestly, I don't remember that. Refresh my memory on that.
1: The town was founded by a lesbian couple. Guess what episode was playing the night I was over at my mom's house?
0: So this was destiny. You were like, tell her.
1: Yeah, we were watching TV because I figured, okay, we'd watch the show, and then I'd tell her afterwards, and then I'm watching the show, and I'm like, this cannot be real. And well, I got done, and I told my mom, and I said, well, i got something to tell you, and, and I'm gay. And she's like, oh, known that for years. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it was not the response I was expecting.
0: So they kind of surprised you then?
1: It made me a little angry because my mom and I didn't get along very well me while I was growing up. And it was mainly because of how I looked and how I dressed. So it was kind of like, well, if you knew this about me, then why weren't you more compassionate towards it?
0: Why didn't she ask you questions or say something other than, I don't like the way you're dressing or I don't like the way you cut your hair or, or, or whatever. So that's that's, that's interesting. I want to go back to your, to your dad, though, because you said something that I haven't heard before, and that was, was it something I did was it something your mother did because if you listen to the podcast I've said this before if I came home at 18 or 14 or whatever age and said hey mom dad you know I'm a cisgendered straight white male they would have been like okay let's have dinner you know like let's watch TV or whatever there wouldn't even be questions or anything not once would they have ever said to me was it something I did yeah Like, like somehow I dropped you on your head or I caused this to happen. I I mean, how did that make you feel? I mean, I know your response was, but how'd that make you feel inside? I
1: honestly, I was kind of expecting the question because just how the LGBTQ community was seen at the time, you know, and everyone thinking that being gay was a choice, um, you know, I think that's kind of where that came from. And to, to explain to him, no, this, this is how I came out. I've always been like this. So, you know, the only choice I had to make was whether or not I wanted to live in that proverbial closet.
0: You said something uh, very important there as well is uh, this whole question of choice, right? Because I remember using terms like lifestyle, like Oh, you know, my friend Marty, she chooses to live the gay lifestyle. And, uh, you know, time and time again, I'm reminded that you know, being gay isn't like putting on a pair of shoes or like picking out a new skirt or picking out a pair of pants. It's, yes. it's something that you're born with, just like everything else. Like, I didn't wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to be white today. No, that's right. how I was. Right. Yeah. And so do you see that attitude changing over the years? I do. I've seen, you know, change just
1: even in our EOE statement, you know, it never used to have sexual orientation in it. And then it did a few years after I started working with the company. I was like, oh, cool, we're making progress here. You know, and then a few years back before gay marriage was legal throughout the United States, Consumers Energy did come out with a policy saying that if you are legally married, because gay couples could get married, like in Canada, in certain places. If, if you were legally married and had a marriage certificate, that Consumers Energy was going to view you as a married individual and extend you all those benefits. And I thought that was really cool
0: because you didn't see that. No. And, and it was a big step at the time, but I think mm-hmm. looking back it's just kind of a baby step to, to where we're getting to and where we're at today.
1: But, yes, there's a lot of progress being made, I think, you know,
0: step by step. We have to meet people where they're at sometimes, and sometimes I know that can be very frustrating. So, you know, as an inclusion champion and, you know, with your 20 years experience here at Consumers Energy, is there anything that you would like to tell the audience um, as we close out the podcast, anything that you would like to leave them with?
1: I guess just basically, you know, listen to each other and listen to understand each other and we got to not be listening just to react to each other we want to be able to understand each other and that's going to lead to i uh, you know the uh, sense of belonging as
0: well I love that. Listening to understand, which is one of the things that we look at in our tailboards today, right, is listening to understand, not to formulate our next sentence. So I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out to be on the podcast today and uh, being completely transparent uh, in answering all of my questions, even some of the questions I asked before we got on the podcast. Uh, But again, Marty, I appreciate it and I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Well, Thank you.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. And thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And be sure to take a few minutes and fill out our survey to let us know how we're doing. That can be found at http colon slash slash b-i-t dot slash m-e y-o-u u-s. And remember to tune in every Wednesday when we talk about the things that impact your personal well.